Hello and welcome to episode 55 of the Ego Chat Podcast. My name is Preston Byers and as always I'm joined by my co-host Justin Binkowski and on today's episode we got Roster Mania, more Roster Mania, all Roster Mania. Uh, free agency has officially begun in the Call of Duty League and um, even before it was uh, officially uh, started things were kicking off um, with the most popular team in the league making a change and then taking back that change and saying, oh, you guys didn't see anything. Um, and we also have uh, some CDL World Champions possibly making changes as well. But before we get into any of that, how are you doing, Bink? I'm doing well. Like you kind of alluded to, some uh, interesting stuff has been developing behind the scenes in the CDL. And uh I'm just ready to talk about it off based on what we know, at least. Yeah, so let's start at the most important, um, the thing that, I don't know, I, I think it took everybody by surprise um, in the Call of Duty community, but uh, Optic Texas opted to change their roster uh, midweek um, this past week. Um, they announced that they were... Uh, you know, they didn't announce really anything other than thanking Dashi and Illy for their services. And um, Dashi and Illy uh, each announced that they were free agents. But things changed, I guess, very quickly in the Optic camp. Um, so on, what day was this? Uh, they, it was August 17th. They both announced that they were free agents. August 18th. Optic Texas, uh, Texas announces that they are running it back with Dashi, Illy, Skump, and Shotzi on their lineup for the 2022-2023 CDL season. Um, I mean, it was shocking that they made the change, and then it was, I, I don't know, five, 6,000 times more shocking that a day later they reverted the change um, and they decided to bring back all of the players. Um, some people thought this might have been a troll, something like to, I guess, increase engagement as if Optic needs any more engagement or in attention in the Call of Duty community. Um, but uh, Dashi has come out and since then and said that it was not, you know, a troll. They weren't, you know, messing around. It was a legitimate, you know, breakup. It, it, almost like a, a boyfriend and girlfriend. They broke up one night and then the next uh, morning they were like, man, I really miss them. So I'm going to give them a call. And they, they worked things over and things have, uh, you know, apparently been patched up. Uh, let me get your thoughts on this because this is obviously just weird. Uh, I, I don't know how many times this has happened. I know the, the one thing that comes to mind is Scump leaving Optic for Envy and then like a week later coming back to Optic. But um, what do you think about all of this? Yeah, I mean, in that comparison's sake, this was even much shorter than yeah. Scump's brief... Uh, they played a 2K with Scump on Envy, I think. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this is definitely a weird one. I, I think you summed it up pretty well that a lot of people were very surprised. Um, Mostly with Dashi, I would say. I don't think... I, I think people were surprised about them actually dropping Illy 2 at the time. Um, just because a lot of people thought they were going to stick together. I think that was, like, the general consensus in the community. Although there was no, like, uh, statements or anything mm -hmm. to support that, really. It was just, like, a feeling that they were going to be one of the teams that stuck heading into next year. Um, but based on, you know, the whole injury situation with Illy and stuff like that... 
Um, I, I could much more easily have seen Optic wanting to make a change with him than Dashy, just because, you know, Dashy, but, but I'm, even with Shotzi on the team, but certainly before Shotzi was on the team, he was like, you know, the next young prodigy on Optic, really. So, um, yeah, it was very surprising. And I think the first thing that has to jump to a lot of people's minds in the community is that there was uh, the meme posted by the CDL Twitter account about, well, I don't even know if it's really a meme because it's actually something that happened, but talking about optic players who were dropped um, and then picked up by the, the team that won champs the following year, a lot of people were seriously thinking that like optic was trying to pull a fast one and, and drop these guys and then pick them up. And now they're like, Oh, we dropped the player optic players and we picked them up. So now we're winning champs next year. Um, it really doesn't seem to be the case though. Dashi was on stream saying that it wasn't a troll. And I think I saw a clip of scump talking about it. Uh, on one of the like clips YouTube channels, just like saying that like they had a lot of conversations just in the brief period of time uh, between the 17th and 18th, where they like hashed some stuff out, and they came to the conclusion to end up running it back. And um, I think yeah, at the at the end of the day, uh, it's the result that most people expected to see this team again next year, but just this little like. I guess it's really just like a blip on the radar, or, you know, like a very minor speed bump, however you want to word it. But it's just, it's something that came up and was resolved quickly to get to the uh, resolution that most people were expecting heading into Modern Warfare. We'll just have to see um, if really, like, I think Dashy said too, like, no bad blood or anything like that. But it, it's going to, we'll, we'll have to see how the team is vibing and stuff like that once mw actually comes out um you know teams like i, I think optic is well since the merger with uh, empire they didn't really stream scrims a lot but historically optic and scump has been one of those teams to uh that is willing to stream scrims early in the season of new games so uh, if they go back to that, then we should be able to get a vibe, feel for the vibe in the Optic camp heading into next year and early on in the MW season. But um, other than that, we're just going to have to keep an eye on that, I think. But uh, definitely a very interesting and weird situation that really didn't actually have a different end result. Yeah, like you said, I think most people expected this team to end up uh, you know, sticking by each other that this four, uh, these four players would be together. But, um, you know, we're going to get that, but it feels weird that we've had to go through this, you know, this period or this, you know, the 24 hours where, you know, two players have been dropped or, you know, essentially dropped. Um, and then they come back the next day and they're like, all right, we've patched everything up. We're good to go. I think, it's all fine and good to say that there's no bad blood that we've worked through all of our issues, but time will tell. Like you can't really, like you can say it in the moment, and I think uh, I Scump and Dashy have both said it, and I both believe that they mean it. But that doesn't really mean anything because if you have a fight with your friend, your girlfriend, family members, you could 
have this reconciliation a day or two later and be like, all right, I feel better now than I did back then. But that doesn't mean that things won't pop up and these issues won't linger even because even when you're not expecting it. Um, Scump's quote, he had a stream, I think, two day or a day after they announced that they were coming back together. He said, quote, I think that our team talks and what we went through the past two, three nights are ultimately going to be the best thing for us as a team going on to next year. And I think that that could be the case. Uh, sometimes you have to go through these really hard times as a team to kind of figure stuff out. We saw it with the thieves, you know, not publicly or anything, but they struggled for a great majority of the season. And then they were able to come together as a team and figure out a way to win. Sometimes you do need to go through these things and you come out as, as a as a better team as a result of it. Um, but I, I just have my doubts about how this team will, you know, work long term when these problems are the, still there, obviously. Um, and we don't really know the status of Illy because there was, uh, you know, a thought or a, maybe rumors that he his thumb injury is, you know, more extensive or more uh, severe than some people um, expected it to be and that it could go on to next year uh, into the next season and that they would need to bring in someone to replace Illy at least for the time being uh, to start the season because, you know, we're expecting an earlier start time for the, the next season of the CDL, which I think is a disadvantage for Illy and Optic if he is, you know, a part of that team because, Obviously, he has less time to heal, less time to get ready with this thumb injury. Um, I, I, I don't know if there are any more angles to take it on this optic uh, situation. Um, I don't know. Like, what are your, what are you most interested to see as we head into? You know, obviously, we're going to go through this off season, but what are you most interested to see about this optic team going into the next year? Um, as far as you know, them working together. Well, I think to your earlier point, it's just I, I know I mentioned to like Dashi saying no bad blood or whatever. Um, even if there was bad blood or some animosity, it's not like they would come out and say it, right? So yeah. we really wouldn't know. Um, but the only thing I'm really looking for now in this period between roster mania and the actual releases MW2 is I feel like Optic has to come out with some kind of video. Um, now the content of the video is the question to me. I could very easily see them doing a very troll video where it's more of a skit and it's making, like, it's playing on the uh, the idea of, like, the dropping and picking up to win champs or whatever. But I could also see them having, you know, maybe one of their podcast episodes or, like, just a brief sit-down video with, like, Hex and Scump or maybe even the whole team. And uh, I, I wouldn't expect them to come point blank out and say exactly what the problems were or anything like that. But we might get some, you know, like, basic... Um, tidbits of information that could give us a little more insight into uh, what was going on. But I, I really don't think we're going to find out too much more. We might, you know, assuming some kind of video is released, we might get a couple answers to some minor questions. But I think end of the day, it's just going to be one of those things in the COD history books that looks a little weird if you're looking on like a uh, I, I haven't looked at a COD Gamepedia page or anything like that, but there there could be like a one-day period where Illy and Dashy were both off Optic and then rejoined. Um, it would be kind of similar to like when Parasite joined Optic for like seven days or whatever it was back in the day. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's, it's going to be one of those things. 
couple years down the road, some CDL fans won't even remember that this actually happened, I feel like. So um, un until we learn more information, and it's very possible we don't learn anything else, but um, until we do, I, I agree with you. I don't know how much more there is to say on that. Let's move on then. We, uh, we've kind of exhausted our options with Optic. Let's go to FaZe because they have, uh, you know, reportedly decided to make a change uh, to their uh, championship roster. They won the 2021 CDL championship and they made the grand finals of the 2020 and 2022 CDL championship. Um, but, uh, you know, reportedly they are moving on from Arcides and they are exploring their options. Um, so the report is, uh, this is from uh, Crone uh, at Intel CDL. He said, quote, Atlanta Fays are going after whoever they want, both free agents and players already under contract. If they do want a player that's already under contract, it all comes down to if that franchise wants to sell that particular player or not, um, which, you know, really lines up with how Fays have operated in the past. They have built this incredible roster that has uh, definitely been the best in the Seadale's history so far, um, the most consistent by far. Um, and they have these cornerstone pieces. Simp and Abizi were MVP candidates last year. Simp won it. Uh, this year, Selium won the MVP. Um, I, and I really have to think that, like, it's going to be tough for them to make this change because there's there are so high expectations for them. Everybody expects them to win or be at the very top of the league. Um, and it's even surprising to me that they're making the change. Uh, I, I want to get your thoughts. Like, is this a surprising move for you? Um, you know, this is not someone I expected to make a change, but considering they, you know, didn't win champs, like, are you that surprised? I, I'm very surprised, yeah. Um, I think one element to this, I'm going to look it up real quick before I actually say it. Um, but there's just, you know, so many different layers to uh, this roster mania stuff that, like, I can very easily, not very easily, but I, I can, well, I certainly could very easily see FaZe sticking together. Despite not winning a tournament this year, they still were the most consistent team and arguably the most inconsistent Call of Duty ever. So, um, the case is definitely there for them to stick, but there's also, um, you know, if we looked statistically, I know Abizi probably had a down year comparatively, and, and Simp certainly didn't have um, the same, like, you know, popping off in every single map as, as we've seen him do in the past. He definitely had some down maps this year, too. Um, but I feel like if there's the people who just look at stats and stuff like that. Arcides was probably... Um, statistically playing below what the rest of the squad was doing but it, in that same vein there's so many so many kills on the map so when you have three superstars like selium abizi and simp slaying everything out around you there's there's literally nothing rcds could do about it if they're picking up all the kills um and he's going negative as a result of that it, it just ends up making him uh look worse than he actually is so i i feel for Alec in that situation, if that's actually what happened here. Obviously, we don't know for sure. Um, but what was I? Yeah, I mean, based in based on earnings, Arcides eclipsed uh, Crim6 this season and is now the winningest 
player in professional Call of Duty League history or just professional Call of Duty esports history um, in terms of winnings earned from tournaments, and he's being dropped, reportedly, or whatever, restrictive reagent. Um, and that's just mind-blowing to think about in that context to me. Do I think there are players that could be a potential upgrade to our cities from a pure, like, talent level? Like, yeah, I mean, they get a guy, like, like there were reports about Hydra coming in, potentially. Like, uh, Hydra's is just a freak. So, like, comparing a, a super aggressive sub to a slower AR player isn't exactly fair either, but um, Hydra's a, a very talented player. You know, um, looking at someone like Sib, too, don't think he's going anywhere because um, Seattle should have him locked up. But um, if they were to get someone like Sib, who would probably fit the the flex role if Selium's looking to go to um, main AR, or if you know Selium's looking to go to flex, and then Sib could play main AR, whatever the case may be, um, that's something that would be like a quote unquote talent upgrade, I think. But still, at the end of the day, like. Uh, Arcity's resume speaks for itself, and I'm just, I'm still kind of baffled, even after just talking about all these different angles to it. Um, I'm, I'm still pretty baffled, like I just said, that this is actually a conversation being had, and uh, there's a world where Arcity's isn't on phase next year. Yeah, I, it's, it's really surprising to me, but considering most of like the top uh, available CDL free agents are AR players. It's not that surprising in that context that FaZe has the opportunity to make a move where they could realistically get a solid replacement for Arcities. But the only like hang up that I have is like why why Arcities? Like of these four players, I understand like you know Salim Simp and Abizi are incredibly talented, but like what do you think? you know this potential replacement brings in that RCs does not and like does RCs have something that these potential replacements do not you know like i maybe they need extra leadership maybe they need like this uh you know like a, a slasher essentially you know like someone who is going to come in and be the the leader of the team or something like is that what they need in, in instead of like in game because i don't know like if there are that many players if any that would really be able like to be a an upgrade of course if you bring in hydra but like how do the roles fit like so Salim's just a main ar now and then you just kind of have three incredible slayers out there that can do anything but um i i think that's the most interesting part is like like i can understand it if they want to go like an attach like if they want to bring in an attach and you know they go that route um i mean like i i, I said slasher i i don't know if that's accurate or not but uh or like you said sib like you know buying him out for whatever they need to to get him onto the roster of course he was an atlanta phase academy player uh during the modern warfare season so he does have like that you know slight connection uh with the organization um other than that i don't really know you know maybe they go after cammy and they say okay like cammy or Salim, one of you figure out who's going to be flex who's going to be the main ar and you figure that out and we'll will win championships uh, i'm just very I, I just don't know like who's the potential replacement that could actually be an upgrade over our cities that isn't just like changing the composition of your team 
Well, that's why I brought up the stats because obviously, you know, we've we've said it multiple times on the podcast how KD isn't the end all be all like some fans like to think it is. Um, and I certainly am on the side of the argument where not looking at, at KD as much is is more of my style of analyzing gameplay. Um, but just realistically thinking about Atlanta phase throughout the CDL, when it was 5v5, it was Simp, Abizi, Selium, Major Maniac, and Priesta. The game goes to 4v4, Priesta and Major Maniac lead. They're looking for one. They bring in RCDs to be that leadership presence, whether that was actually the case or if um, Simp and Abizi just wanted to play with Alec again because they had success on EU United previously. Um, that that can be debated, obviously, but I think at least on paper, it made sense. They, they lose Major Maniac and Priesta need to pick up one player. It seems like they now have these three young players and they're looking for a veteran to kind of be the leader of the squad in that main AR. That's when they bring in our cities. Mm -hmm. So I feel like if they are now two years down the road from that, looking to move on from our cities, it's more reverting back to not looking for a leadership player and looking for more of that, um, just raw talent and then they can go like leader by committee because now they, they are a couple years young, uh, older and, you know, have more years under their belt now. So um, maybe someone like Simp can fill in the IGL role or like I said, like the leader by committee um, just between all those guys. But yeah, I feel like um, as much as I like Slasher as a player, um, doing a swap like our city's first slasher would be weird to me because it would kind of just be like, you know, going from one leader to the other. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to be very interested to see who ends up being this new player for phase, assuming everything comes through or everything goes through as being reported right now. It is worth mentioning, though, this we could see for the second time this offseason a situation where a player announces free agency and then the organization just announces they're running it back, right? Um, we could see like an Optic 2.0 here with Atlanta down the road where we eventually Atlanta is just running the same roster. Um, it doesn't seem like it's going in that direction for this situation. Um, but if that ended up happening, I wouldn't be too surprised. It would certainly be funny if it happened twice in the same offseason. Um, and on the other hand, if the free agent swap ends up going through, regardless of who is picked up by FaZe, there's just a lot of pressure on that fourth player because if FaZe comes out in MW2 and just isn't as consistent um, as they have been with RCDs on the team, there's going to be a lot of questions about whoever that player is and the team as a whole. Um and there will certainly be some interesting storylines between Atlanta and whatever team Arcides is on if he ends up leaving. I could see um, some spicy tweets in the future if those matches end up happening. Uh, one, one thing real quick, too, that we, we didn't really talk about is there's been some rumors about uh, Crowder potentially leaving FaZe mm -hmm. and potentially leaving coaching. Um, I don't think we talked about that in the no. last episode. I don't know how true it is or... Um, you know exactly what the details are behind that but um if crowder leaves phase that's a big blow too just because you know he he's one of the best minds in call of duty and arguably um the greatest coach in call of duty history so far so uh that would be a big loss for phase two and and on a similar note to like if alec leaves 
and FaZe has a new player and they start struggling at the start of MW2, you know, there's going to be questions about the team there. If um, Crowder does end up leaving FaZe and the same thing happens, they start struggling at the start of the year, going to be some questions about, you know, just exactly how important Crowder was. I don't, not questions isn't the right phrase there because um, it would kind of prove Crowder's value. And mm-hmm. I, I don't think that's really, really questioned, but uh, you know what I'm trying to say that like that it would just, it, it would bring up more um, doubts or just, I, I guess questions is the right word that it would just, you know, raise some red flags, however you want to word it, that um, stuff is going on behind the scenes for phase and, you know, fans are going to want answers. Yeah, I definitely think, uh, you know, we don't know the validity of, you know, the rumors about Crowder, if he's you know, retiring from coaching or leaving phase or what have you. But if he does end up not being a part of the Atlanta phase coaching staff um, and our cities also leaves in the same off season, like there are a lot of question marks that haven't been there for phase. Like phase has been incredibly solid, incredibly consistent over the past three years. Like that is a ridiculous time frame to think about. Like you know, most like dynasties, like the optic dynasty, you know, there were, it was multiple years, um, you know, for complexity, it was about a year, maybe a year and a half, like where they were legitimately like, one of the best teams in the world or, you know, the best team in the world. And then, you know, kind of fell off a little bit. Um, this team is, you know, been the best team in call of duty for three years, pretty much like regardless of the end of season results, like throughout the entire seasons, throughout the 2020 season, the 21 season and the 22 season, they're the most consistent. They've been at the top of the standings in the CDL for pretty much the entirety of the CDL's history, which is incredible to, uh, to think about. Um, and I'm just a little bit concerned that this may be an overreaction to Vanguard, essentially. Like, this is you got second at four events including champs you got third at the other event you won like 75% of your online matches where most teams didn't win 70% you guys came up short for sure and that that can't go unaddressed that can't go unnoticed but it also doesn't necessarily mean that a roster change is the best move here um, I think Optic Texas is in a similar boat where they thought maybe they did need a roster change and then they decided, okay, maybe we don't. We've worked out our issues and we think that this roster is what can get us to a championship next season. I think FaZe, in my personal opinion, should take that route as well. And I think that they should essentially come to their senses and say, look at what we've done with this roster there is probably more to do with this roster than if we bring in a new player, possibly a new coach. Uh, maybe they'll like bump RJ up to like more command or bump um, Tupac up to uh, a bigger role within the coaching staff. But I think that's a lot of change to make after a really great year that just didn't end up, you know, perfectly. Um, but let's talk about Arsties real quick because there are reports that he is going to another team already. Um, Jacob Hale of Dixerto, he 
uh, re he reported that um, the LA Gorillas are trying to um, acquire Arcides um, now that he is uh, reportedly a restricted free agent. And Crone tweeted um, uh, yesterday that the lineup is expected to be for LAG, Arcides, Hook, Spart, and Neptune. So that would leave Slasher out of that starting lineup. Um, let me get your thoughts on that real quick before we kind of dive uh, anywhere um, any more into that. Uh, LAG's lineup of Arcides, Hook, Spart, and Neptune. What do you think of that? I think it's interesting if that does come to fruition that LAG is sticking with three of the four players on its roster to end last year. Um, obviously, we didn't see them compete together a lot as like that trio because it was only for the fifth or the fourth set of qualifiers and then major four since they didn't make champs. Um, but that LAG didn't see a lot of success at the end of the year with the roster of Hook, Spart, Neptune, and Slasher. So essentially, like I was just kind of saying in the phase segment where we we're talking about it, like replacing Arcides with Slasher seems like a kind of lateral move uh, just based on the type of players they are and um, some of their intangibles and stuff like that. So it would be essentially LAG just betting on the talent of those guys and it leading to more results in MW2, um, which I just, I'm not sure I agree with it, but, you know, if if they think um, that's the best way they can get back to a championship, then good for them. Obviously, you know, Hook and Spart did win Major 2 earlier this year together. Uh, Neptune wasn't on that team, but still, they, they saw some success with Spart and Hook at least together earlier in the year. Um, so I'm not surprised that they would keep Spart and Hook. And I don't really, you know, they, they re-signed everyone except Gunless. So having them on contract, you would assume uh, Neptune signed for probably close to the minimum after being on New York, getting dropped, playing in Challengers, and then getting picked up late in the season. Uh, probably wasn't too expensive of a deal. Pure speculation there, but... Um, so assuming it, it was a, you know, close to the minimum deal or something along those lines, it probably wasn't too expensive for LAG to pick him back up and renew that contract, which means that it wouldn't be too expensive to keep him on the lineup for next year. And if I think Crone, I don't remember who tweeted, but someone was tweeting about the buyout for uh, Arcides, if that's, you know, the move they want to end up making to get Arcides, it would make more sense um, to counteract a huge buyout like that with um, a player potentially being on a lower-end contract. And even Spart, I mean, I'm pretty sure Spart said in his uh, speech after winning MVP that, like, he won as much as his contract there, whatever, at Major 2, something along those lines. Um, I can't remember exactly what he said now, but it, it was funny at the time that he actually just said it in the postgame or the post-championship interview. So, um, yeah, it's, it's definitely interesting, uh, especially, too, because the Conkey family has money. That's, like, no secret. So, like, they could really go out and buy um, whatever players they, they feel like they want. But in their situations, it sounds like they're potentially only going to spend heavily on one player and keep the other players who are under contract with them to end the season. Not saying, you know, uh, Hook, I would assume, is a very well-paid player. Um, 
but yeah, I think Spart and, and Neptune probably are on the lower side just based on, you know, being in challengers previously and stuff like that. So um, definitely interesting. We'll have to see if that actually uh, comes to fruition, but I think, you know, um, seeing Arcides and Hook together would be kind of cool. Those are two um, players thinking off the top of my head. I'm pretty sure they never have teamed together. So um, that could, that could be a cool dynamic. Um, the the two players that uh, LAG, you know, if this roster is true and Arcides, Hook, Spartan, Neptune end up teaming together, the two players that would be left out for LAG would be Slasher and Asim. Asim announced that he's a restricted free agent. I don't believe Slasher has announced anything, um, but if, you know, he's not part of the roster, he his contract, uh, his team option was picked up, so he would be a restricted free agent. Um you know, almost certainly. Um, I think it's really weird that Asim, like, Asim should be on a roster for next season. Like, there, there's really no doubt in my mind. I think he's just a player that doesn't put up these incredible stats. Like, he's not going to drop a 1.2 um, consistently or anything, but I think he helps teams win. And I think we've seen that over the past few years that, if he is on your roster, you have a chance to win. He does things that, you know, I, I I honestly just think he is someone who is willing to sacrifice his own personal glory or stats for the team's um, performance, which is always, uh, you know, much needed in a team. Um, Slasher, I mean, he's quite honestly one of the more talented players in Call of Duty history, you know, former world champion. I don't know where he goes at this point. Like, he's in that really unfortunate basket of AR players at the moment. That those those roles are very hard to come by because obviously there are fewer AR players in the league, like main AR players, um, than any other role. Um, and I just don't know where he goes at this point. I I think there could be you know options for him i think he's a good leader um as far as i i can tell his teams seem to perform better at LAN, uh which is a good thing for most teams um but i'm just not sure where they go from here what do you think about slasher and asim potentially being on the outside looking in uh, as far as this lag roster goes I think so. The interesting development was the flank was the one I believe it was the flank Twitter account. Um, so I don't think Zuma said it on stream, but I think the account tweeted it initially that um, the Boston Breach was looking at a roster of Nero, Vivid, Awakening, and Slasher. And then that prompted Crone to say the Boston Breach roster that just leaked is incorrect. Nero, Vivid, and Awakening should be though. Which means, at the very least, whether um, the flank got bad information or whatever, um, assuming that there were, you know, they were hearing something about that, there there had to have at least been discussions going around for Slasher, um, which at the very minimum is is good for his sake. Um, Asim is definitely an interesting one too because. Uh, you know, and anybody who's listening to the podcast, how much I like Asim as a player, just the dirty work type of player, you know, might not show up on the stat sheet, but um, he's doing the little things that can be the difference between a win and a loss. Um, so I think very highly of him. Um, 
not exactly sure where he could line up, but there are... I, I mean, the wild card is Vegas, right? Just because we know right now it's only temp. Um, Slasher obviously has a history of teaming with temp before, so that could be a landing spot. And um, if Slasher goes there, maybe ASIM goes along with them. Um, there's also the possibility of some, some machine gun shuffling on the European rosters with London and Toronto if... Um, some of this rumored stuff of Afro potentially going to Toronto or potentially going to Minnesota, that could open up a submachine gun spot on either uh, Minnesota or London or Toronto, depending on like where Afro goes or something like that. Um, so I guess that's a possibility as well. And I mean, even New York is kind of relatively open. Um, I think Hydra's or sorry, um, Kismet is signed as a, um, or Kismet was extended, I believe. So, like, they technically have two subs there if Hydra resigns. But if Hydra doesn't resign, uh, maybe ASIM is running it back with New York. Who, who really knows? Um, I think I would be very surprised. Well, I can definitely see a world where ASIM isn't in the CDL to start next year. It would be pretty surprising to me just because I, I think so highly of him. But I think, um, you know, just because of him not competing at the end of the season, it could like potentially lower his stock a little bit uh, for some of these other teams. But who knows? I th I think it it'll be interesting to see what happens. And I guess too, like with Florida, if you know, there's a very, a lot of big ifs right now because so many dominoes haven't really started falling on these teams with openings. But like, um, you got to think like Vegas is got three open spots, right? Um, Florida essentially has four open spots with Dave Patty potentially on the bench. Minnesota, it sounds like a Tatch is going to stick around, but if he doesn't, then that's like realistically four spots open in Minnesota, depending on what they do there. Um, haven't really heard much about London, but if Afro's leaving, there's at least one spot open there. Um there, there's certainly some, I, I think it's going to depend on what dominoes fall, where, and, and who ends up leaving. And then um, we might hear about some of these other players, like picking up the pieces and, and being fit in later on. Yeah, I, I think Asim, unfortunately, out of the current CDL players, I think he is um, in danger of being replaced by a challengers player, uh, you know, in a roster. Uh, I, you know, I think there's a lot of talent and challengers and that's just kind of the nature of the beast. Um, essentially you have 12 teams, 48 starters in the league. Um, and you know, every year there are more challengers players that come into the fold and it, you know, it's honestly a possibility that, uh, ASIM will not be on a starting roster, but like you said, there's still uh, so many stones left unturned with all of these rosters. Um, really, the only rosters that have kind of confirmed that they'll be sticking together is Optic now, I guess. And uh, we would expect the Thieves to, uh, to do the same. Um, and Seattle hasn't really said anything, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm not sure uh, what, what changes they would make. Um, other than, uh, like you've mentioned in the past, accuracy possibly being replaced. But even that, um, you know, that it doesn't seem like it's happening right now or uh, it hasn't happened yet. So that's something to keep an eye out for. Um, 
What, what do you want to talk about next? You want to talk about all the Hydra stuff? Because I think he's, he, uh, you know, Optic is usually the domino that leads to all these roster changes. And that could have really happened, you know, like a week ago um, when they decided to make that change. Had they stuck by that, I think the league would be turned upside down right now because everybody would be trying to lock up their players to make sure that they don't end up on Optic. But Hydra is really interesting because there's so much talent there, obviously. Um, but all of this drama with Crim6 and the New York team from last year has kind of like tainted a lot of people's view on him. Um, I, I don't think rightfully, I think a lot of stuff happens behind the scenes and within teams that nobody ever knows, but that stuff happens and it's not the end of the world. It doesn't really, uh, it won't affect them, you know, over a, like a, a long-term uh, period, but Hydra is a free agent and, I think he's doing what any player should be doing in his situation. I think he's shopping himself around, seeing what the best deal is, what teams could offer him, what teams will, you know, what rosters they will make. Um, and I'm not sure where he ends up. I, I feel like my instinct is he sticks with New York and they, you know, they run it back with Kismet and they bring in two people that, he is more comfortable with um, whoever that could be. I, I don't really know, but uh, I would be surprised if Paul is his teammate next year. And quite, uh, quite honestly um, with all the stuff that happened over um, the past, like two or three weeks. But I have, I have to think that he's, I, I think he's the reason that the optic stuff happened is like the possibility of Hydra kind of, I think that played into Optic's decision-making. It could have played into FaZe's decision-making. We don't really know how that's going to end up. If he does end up on FaZe, like, the league is is really screwed with... Like, you know, they might lose hard point, but they're going to drop, like, 120 kills total on that team. So it, it's going to be a ridiculous sight to see. But uh, I'm not, not sure. Uh, what do you think Hydra does this offseason? Like, if you had to make a bet, where do you think he ends up um, by the time the next season starts? Um, Obviously, I don't know Hydra personally that well, and I, I don't think a lot of... Uh, people in our position do just because you know he is coming over from uh, France um, there's the like language barrier there a little bit though it's not I, I mean at least listening to him on the flank it definitely seems like his English has improved a little bit um, but I just I, I feel like without knowing him personally too well and trying not to take as much of the drama stuff into account as I possibly can I feel like the realistic answer is that he's going wherever he gets the biggest bag from yeah. And he's he's put himself in that position to be able to do that just based on how talented he is. Um I can I can definitely just based on New York the last couple seasons having spent big on Clayster, you know, without knowing for sure. You're just assuming they're spending big on guys like Clayster and Krim. Um, you gotta assume they would be willing to spend big again for someone like Hydra and have him be um, that cornerstone player that they build around for the next two years minimum. So um, I, I think New York is the safe bet. I think it is interesting though that there were those, you know, for such a short 
time period as we were talking about with the Dashi and Illy stuff, like there were certainly um, people reporting stuff about Hydra potentially going to Optic, and that just makes it um, it makes it feel more real to me as opposed to those other people who really genuinely think it was more of a troll by Optic to quote-unquote drop the players and then pick them back up. Um, if there were people hearing stuff about Hydra potentially getting a bag from Optic, then they were either all being very misinformed or it more likely is multiple people were hearing the same thing and that makes it seem more likely that it was possible. Um, but uh, yeah, I think end of the day, Hydra has put himself in that position where he could potentially be one of the highest paid players in the league and uh, whichever team is willing to pay up for him is most likely where I see him going. Yeah, I personally think that the reason that the optic stuff happened the way it did, like over a 24-hour period is like This is my personal opinion. I have no idea if this is true or not, but this is what I... I live in a fantasy land, and I like to believe the things that I think. Uh, so I think that Hydra kind of leveraged Optic as a way to get a bigger contract elsewhere, as one should. If you, if Optic comes calling with the most popular team, um, presumably some of the the biggest contracts on uh, in the league are being handed out by Optic. Uh, Hydra should, in all honesty be using optic as a bargaining chip and saying, Hey, New York, I just want to let you know, I'm having these conversations with optic and they're going to pay me a lot of money to play for them. And we will beat you every single time that we play you next season. If you allow me to go there, but if you pay me whatever amount, if you pay me more than they pay me, then I will stay here and we can build around me and hopefully win championships next year. That's what he should do. I think that's what he is doing, uh, or his you know agent or whatever is his representative, um, which is a good move. And I think all players should do it. Optic is essentially like the Dallas Cowboys of of the CDL. Like you might as well like the Lakers or something. Like you might as well use those the big name, the big market. You know the very popular team as a way to get more money and to, you know, leverage yourself in, into a better situation. Um, so, you know, that's what I think's happening, but not entirely sure. But like I said, I do think that he'll probably end up on New York. Um, if I had to bet, I, I think he'd be on New York by the uh, start of the next season. But who knows what happens? There's so many open roster spots at the moment that he could realistically end up, you know, really anywhere. Um, other than probably LAT or I don't even know, maybe optic, they're not all the way, uh, sold on the roster. Who knows? Um, but Hydra is a pretty much the most important piece out there, uh, remaining in my mind, uh, as far as the rest of free agency goes, because where he goes, obviously he will probably be paired with another great player. I, I know there were rumors of him and skies being on the New York roster, um, you know, plan planned far as far back as major three or major four. Um, so, you know, that's months in the making, uh, really. And if that's the case, still skies could land on New York with Hydra and Kismet looks like he's going to be a part of that roster as far as I can tell. And then it, you know, kind of depends on what they do with the flex AR role. 
Um, I think Cami is a, a possible option at this point. Um, but it, it, it really comes down to what New York is willing to spend and whether Hydra will end up on the subliners, um, you know, regardless. Um, I, I just think on a similar note, too, yeah. that, you know, with, with you saying Hydra is the move, I, I certainly agree, too, um, depending on where he goes and stuff, other moves will happen accordingly. But I think, uh, kind of mentioned it earlier, I think Arcides's move, in a similar note, could cause a shift in the AR uh, position, especially just because, you know, Arcides goes to LAG, that means you assume another team um, is going after Slasher. It would just be crazy if Slasher is in the CDL to start next season. Um, and then we'll just take the current example that Crone is disputing, but um, in a world where Slasher goes to Boston, that frees up methods, and then you're in a situation where does methods go, and I still think... Um, you know, there's a world, maybe Methods goes to Seattle. I, you could probably uh, argue over whether Methods is better than accuracies or vice versa. I think I think that's a, a bit closer than as opposed to maybe like Slasher. I think Slasher would be an upgrade over um, Arcides, or sorry, Slasher would be an upgrade over accuracy. So um, I just think there, there could be, depending on what happens with Arcides, there could be a bit of another like mini shift in ARs across the league as opposed to Hydra's move could just cause massive changes regardless of roles. Yeah, I, I think Hydra has the ability to change like the top half of the league, um, you know, where he decides to go the top teams in the league, you know, not, not obviously, I don't think that, uh, optic and I don't think that the thieves are going to go after him now, but they, they possibly could. But if he went to phase, for example, that changes everything. Like how other, how New York and how Toronto and how LAG and, uh, Seattle, how they build their rosters, I think is very important if he goes to phase, because then it's like, who can beat this team? Like we have to build our roster to beat them. Um, the same way that Optic kind of built their roster when they merged the Empire and the Optic Chicago um, teams, they decided like, okay, like what roster realistically could end up beating this juggernaut that is Atlanta phase. And they decided to go with the roster that they have now. Um, we could see the same thing uh, there um, with Hydra. If he does end up going to phase, which um no idea if that's happening. Um, now that we talked about what are you saying? I was just going to say real quick, you know, comparing to uh, Vanguard, at least like with, with a roster of Celium shot or sorry, Celium, Hydra, Simp and Abizi, Um, If there's like a, a three sub map or a Bokage S map, that's potentially even four subs like that, that phase lineup is just so scary. But on the other hand, if there's another Gavutu esque map that's like four ARs and you have Hydra and Abizi both stuck on ARs, like that's tough. So um, it would be a crazy talented roster if it came to fruition, but there could definitely be some roles and uh, meta dependent issues that arise. Yeah, it'll be really interesting. I, I hope we get to find out more about some of these rosters in the next week or two. Um, what do you what do you think about this Boston roster now that we've kind of mentioned it a few times? Um, you know, Awakening, who has been on Florida for the past, you know, the better part of two years, um, or the better part of three years, actually, I think. 
what do you think about him potentially going to the breach? I think it, it's, um, I mean, as I told you last time when we were talking about it, I would be surprised if Awakening uh, left Willett, the coach of Florida. But, I mean, if he's getting the bag from another team, I don't think, you know, a friendship with a coach is going to get in the way of that. Um, the interesting element to it is if, if this reported trio is what is happening for Boston, it would be the reuniting of Vivid and Awakening. And I would really like to see, you know, just putting stuff aside um, roles-wise for now, like, I, I guess I'm not really, but um, what I'm trying to say is, like, when, when Vivid and Awakening were playing together earlier this year, it was with Sky's Awakening, Dave Patty, and Vivid. So Vivid was really the only true sub on the team, and I don't think we got to see the best out of Vivid because of that on Florida. But we certainly saw Vivid and Nero playing extremely well together as a duo towards the end of the season for Boston. And I think having Vivid and with, with another true sub paired up with Awakening being like that flex, like if they just have a main AR behind them, um, that, that's a really scary potential lineup. And I, I think it would be um, pretty cool to get the chance to just see Awakening and Vivid playing together again um with vivid potentially being like put in a better situation at least from a roles perspective because like i said i just don't think um that like the the compositions of florida team really allowed vivid to shine um which could have some people like questioning whether awakening and vivid works mm -hmm. um but i think that would only be fair to assess after we see this if this lineup comes to fruition and after we see them play together um in a world where it doesn't work out and Boston is struggling with these guys, then maybe you could, you know, question that. But then on the, at the same note, um, if Boston has a team with these three guys and they're frying at the start of the year, then maybe you go back and you're questioning uh, the early iteration of Florida that these two guys were on. So it's, it's definitely an interesting potential move. I think awakening is in a position similar to Hydra where he can kind of, you know, wait things out because there's even um, a world where I, I don't know, you know, relationships with the players and stuff like that very well in this situation. But like awakening to phase doesn't sound crazy to me from a role standpoint. It makes a lot of sense. Um, and he's a free agent, so there wouldn't be a buyout involved there. They could pay him well, possibly more than other teams are offering to entice him to go there. Um, but yeah, I think that there's a lot of different options for awakening, which is like similar to Hydra, something that's really cool to see. Yeah. It's an intriguing uh, suggestion that awakening could be like a target for phase. If, if they want to go that route, um, I, I think attaches, he, he kind of got lumped into a possible optic replacement in that 24 hour window um, where, you know, fans and, uh, and I think even some, you know, rumors or reports or leaks or whatever were saying the optic was potentially targeting attach as a replacement, uh, for dashy, obviously, if he wasn't going to be on the roster. Um, now it seems that attach is going to stay in Minnesota. Crone, uh, reported, um, he actually reported through breaking point said that, uh, the Minnesota rocker are pursuing Afro and Cami to play alongside attach, 
Um, so they would have to buy out Cami, and then Afro is an unrestricted free agent uh, out of London, so uh, they would sign him to a, a new contract. But um, be a very interesting way of going about things. Uh, that team would be very good, I would imagine, just based on the uh, individual talents of Attach, Afro, and Cami. Uh, what are your thoughts on that potential roster? Um. I don't know, to be honest. It, it's one that, you know, makes sense from a role standpoint to me. Obviously, like, everything, there's no real role clashing that um, I could see, especially if, if Bance is the fourth and you have Bance and Afro on um, your subs and then most likely Cami Flex attached main AR, but there, there's also, you know, a little flexibility there, although we haven't seen Cami on a main AR. It's like a rumor that's been going around. Um, and obviously we've certainly seen attached shine on a sub in past games. So it's, it would give them some flexibility depending on what the players want to do. Um, the, the biggest thing it would be attached playing with three European players, which is, is a little strange. I think attached is obviously a very likable and, and easy to get along with teammate, at least just based on everything I've seen and talking to him many, many years ago. Um, so I don't think that would be an issue, but it's certainly worth bringing up that it would now, um, in in that sense, it would essentially, assuming uh, London goes for a full Ross, uh, European roster again, or some mixture of it, it would extend the European presence um, in the CDL, or at least you know spread it out to another team with Minnesota, Toronto, and London. So, um, not real sure what I think of the team overall, but beyond like the role standpoint, I could see it being a middle of the pack team. Um, but I could also, you know, if, if Afro and Cami in particular are, are really standing out and with uh, attach and Bance being like the solid presence, even though, you know, we did see attach really step up this past year. Uh, once he kind of dedicated to the AR and he was an all-star at the end of the year. Um, I, I could see this team working out and we'll just have to see what happens if it does come to fruition. Yeah. Um, I believe that Paul Lex, I think he might have teased that he was going back to London. I don't know if that is uh, true or not. I, I'm pretty sure I saw Crone tweet it, maybe. Um, one of the Call of Duty, you know, you know, free agency Twitter accounts that everybody's been uh, hyping up. Um, somebody tweeted that he was, you know, kind of teasing that he might be returning to the Royal Ravens, which would be an interesting... Um, interesting fit for him because obviously they had a little bit of success uh, with him in the roster uh, this season as well. So um, who knows what will happen there. He is a restricted free agent with New York at the moment. Um, what other rosters do you want to talk about? Because, I mean, I, I think we had to say about Toronto, that seems to be a, a weird situation where Cami is technically under contract with them through – you know, mid-November because they had that game launch extension. And then Bance is an unrestricted free agent. Um, but I'm just not sure exactly what they're going to do. Uh, maybe they'll just, it'll just be as simple as, okay, we're going to promote scraps, uh, Scrappy and Hixie to the starting roster. Um, but what do you think Toronto is, is angling for as we get into the um, actual free agency period? 
all all indications seem to suggest that Scrappy is like ninety nine point nine percent on Toronto's main starting Ryan now to start next year. Um, it seems like the question is around the fourth because it does. It sounds like there were some reports about Hicksy, um, some initial like questions about um, or, or inquiries into Afro potentially going there. Now we're hearing it might be linked to Minnesota. So some questions around the fourth spot, but it almost seems like well, it seems like Insight and Kleenex are rightfully so locked in. Um, Scrappy is almost as close to a sure bet as could be without it officially being announced yet. Um, and then the question just relies around that fourth. And um, regardless of who the fourth is, I just am super excited to see Scrappy full-time in the CDL if it happens. Um, he gives me like a young clay vibe with the trash talk and, and stuff like that. And it, that could just only rejuvenate the scene in my opinion. Um, so I've, I've had a lot of fun watching him play and just laughing at some of the clips and stuff like that. So um, I would be really excited if Scrappy officially does get a CDL starting spot heading into next year. Yeah, I I think he will be uh, on Toronto at the start of the season, but who knows we'll, who will be on the roster with him. Um, and I think the last thing that we really need to talk about on today's show is uh, Novus, the general manager of the Seattle Surge. He announced that he is leaving the Surge after one season. Uh, and what a season it was for them. They won major three, got um, third place at champs. And this is, you know, with a, an organization that has been really, really uh, poor the first two seasons of the CDL, and then they're obviously able to uh, do really uh, unprecedented things with the organization. Um, I think it's interesting. Uh, I I said it in Slack, but I'll say it again. Um, I I thought initially New York made sense because Revan and JP are both unrestricted free agents, but then I thought about it, Mud Dog just um, you know moved into a different position within 100 Thieves. He was previously the general manager of the uh, Los Angeles Thieves. I think with Novus being uh, formerly being a an analyst for the Thieves during the 2021 season and having now general manager experience with the Surge, uh, I would not be surprised if he is the new general manager of the LA Thieves Call of Duty team. That makes a lot of sense to me. He, uh, you know, I don't know how much um, credit you can explicitly give to him and, you know, versus, you know, someone like Phoenix, uh, the head coach of, of the Surge, and then obviously the players and, um, you know, the analysts and the other coaches. Um, but I think he has to be given credit, some credit at least, for building a roster that ended up winning one tournament during the year and nearly making the grand finals of champs. Um, so um, I don't know if you have any thoughts or comments on his uh, announcement or not. Oh, I mean, I think you 100% have to give him credit. Obviously, he's not the one holding the controller and playing it, but he did something that um, seemingly multiple other organizations weren't willing to do, which is give Sib and Pred the shot. Um, to play together, and I, I maybe not play together is the right phrase, but I mean, um, we had the report in the middle of the Cold War season about Sib potentially going to New York, so you can't say that like no other teams were um, 
willing to give him a shot because it seemed like that was potentially something. Um, and obviously Sib was a sub on Atlanta, like you previously mentioned. So um, he had some links, but it was really, I mean, Pred was just dominating the APAC scene. And um, I don't think I really heard anything about teams like midseason being interested in trying to grab him. So um at least, you know, the idea of pairing them together seems like something that was talked about in the community. And he was just, as the GM, he had to actually have had some significant amount of say in pulling off mm -hmm. the move and, and finalizing it. Um, so I think a lot of credit goes to him. And um, even if he isn't there this following year, obviously he set Seattle up for success um, at least this next year and then has them in a position where, um, whoever steps into his shoes, uh, their first objective should be to try to um, find a way to keep at least one of them around long-term and build the franchise, if not both of them. Um, so yeah, I, I think it, it would be interesting, like you said, I, I think the move to LA Thieves with Mud Dog transitioning to a new role, that kind of makes sense with his history with the organization, but that's got to be... Um, weird for like a new GM to go from building a roster from scratch in one off season to going to another organization where you don't have to make a move at all. Um, so that would obviously be a very different off season for him if that happens, but we'll just have to wait and see what uh, is announced. Or, I mean, obviously who knows if he even will still be a GM in the CBL. We'll just have to wait and see what's going on there. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you have anything uh, else that you want to talk about before we get out of here. All right. Then, um, yeah, that about does it for the show. We did. Um, we went through, I think, every roster. Oh, we didn't really touch on like Vegas or um, that much on London, but not a lot has happened uh, with some of those teams. And we did talk about Afro potentially leaving and um, stuff like that. But um, if there are things to talk about for next week we'll be back and you know I, I hope there will be stuff to talk about because free agency has officially begun teams can actually sign players to contracts um you know and things should heat up even more which is kind of incredible to think about considering how hot it's already been the past like week and a half with everybody announcing that they're free agents um but We'll see if there are actually confirmed uh, free agent signings over the next week. Um, make sure to subscribe or like or follow the feed uh, wherever you're listening or watching on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube. We're on most platforms, I believe. Uh, make sure to give a five-star rating on Apple and Spotify. Follow us on uh, Twitter. He is at jbink with two Ks. I'm at Prez Byers. And the podcast Twitter is at Podcast. Since it's off season, not entirely sure when the next show will be. Hopefully next week sometime, uh, but if not, it won't be. So uh, don't don't wait up. Um, it'll be in your uh, podcast feed. That's why you should you know follow the feed or like it or subscribe to it or whatever uh, because it'll be there when you wake up on say Tuesday, August twenty eighth. I think is August twenty eighth. So. Um, 30th actually so whenever uh we do a podcast it'll show up in your feed and things will be so nice and you'll be so excited to hear what bink and i have to say about 
whatever roster move potentially happens. Um, but that about does it for me. Bank, take it away. Yeah. Uh, only thing I can tell you for sure is we will not be doing a podcast next Tuesday, barring any rain, because that is finally uh, when my softball playoff run starts after a, ma- um, a month off for whatever goddamn reason. Um, so unless something happens with that game getting ringed out, we won't be here next Tuesday. But obviously, like he said, you know, follow us on Twitter, all that good stuff, and we'll let you know when we're going live. Um, I think, yeah, the best summary Preston said, really, we've had a couple uh, big initial, you know, roster bombs, woge bombs, whatever you want to call it, chrome bombs. Um, but the, there's still a lot of madness to come, and, and we plan to bring you all the latest information and our analysis on any confirmed and potential moves that we know about. So hope you guys enjoy and stick around throughout the rest of this offseason and uh, looking forward to seeing what rosters we finally will get to see whenever the uh, MW2 season starts. So as always, thank you guys for tuning in and remember to send the chow.